I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Como me gusta. Remata Nico. Gol, gol, gol. Ahí estamos. Ahí estamos. Ahí estamos. Welcome back to the La Liga Loren podcast. My name is Ruri Barlow. I am your host for today. I'm joined by the wonderful Paco Polit to discuss Spain, who made it to the final four of the Nations League. We're discussing the upcoming La Liga weekend. We're going to give you a little bit of a preview of that. But first, the most important thing, Paco, ¿qué tal? How are you? Uh, well, um, we are recording this only a few minutes after the the clutch win by by Spain against Portugal and I'm still you know with the with the hype and uh, <laughs> and all of the stress after that late uh, Morata goal uh, obviously very happy for the for the Spanish national team very happy for all, all of the fan base um even though there are quite a few critics out there to Luis Enrique and his decision making and the play style of the squad at the end of the day we are talking about this guy who has taken Spain to two consecutive final fours in the Nations League and also to a Euro semi-finals. So at the end of the day, I think that the results are going to back him up uh, at least to an extent. Uh, but yeah, very, very happy for, for Spain's uh, qualifying on to the, to the final four and obviously uh, super pumped towards uh, next year's uh, ultimate endgame with those four teams, which will be, I believe, an, an amazing showcase of, of talent. Yeah, it was a it was a terrific win for Spain, and Paco's uh, put it very di- diplomatically there. Um, but he had a <laughs> bit of a different response into the La Liga Lowdown uh, group chat, which did involve the gif of him. No, I said I said definitely I can say it over here. Amamarla, you know, so so many people going against the, uh, you know, the at the end of the day, this is a, a an identity crisis between fans who are more favored towards their own. Uh, you know your own their own team their own club mm-hmm. uh, there's a bias uh, towards for example some Real Madrid fans or even Barca fans who don't uh, think fondly about uh, Luis Enrique's tenure in in the in the club but ultimately you have to think about the job that he's doing currently for Spain and uh, I always try to put myself in the shoes of the of the national coach he has possibly the toughest job in the country because we often say over here really than that we are, uh, we have 47 million uh, national team coaches, uh, which are on <laughs> match day squad, uh, our own starting lineups, and that's uh, that's the reason for him having a, a very very tricky task, uh, and and that's why whenever 
this young group of individuals, because Spain is a very, very young uh, national squad, are able to, to conquer all odds and, and defeat the opposition and, and get a clutch win as, as the one against Portugal. I think it's a very good reason to us to, you know, celebrate and, and, and pump our fist and be very happy for them because they are really, really good kids and they are trying. They have been trying very hard. They have been heavily criticized and ultimately they have managed to come on the other end uh, with wild success. Yeah, 100%. I think that is perhaps the most interesting thing about Luis Enrique is that how defined the lines are between his detractors, his uh, critics and the people that either love him or certainly think that he's doing a good job. Obviously, there was a defeat to Switzerland, which was disappointing. And, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things about Spain is, or certainly Spain under Lucho recently, is so interesting is because you can sort of take your glass and make it half full or half empty. You can look at it and... From my point of view, I think his results do show that there's been progress. If you look at Spain's results in the last 10, 12 years, Luis Enrique has made a clear improvement, but his detractors will say that, okay, they only won sort of one or two games outright in the Euros last summer. This time, yeah, okay, they they got through to the final four, but it was narrow. They got beat by Switzerland. They still look shaky at the back at times. Hmm. Do 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 you think Luis Enrique... I'm just going to come out. Do you think he's got enough to get them to the World Cup semi-finals? It's a very tough question because remember that Spain have only been able to make it to that uh, phase in the competition once in their whole history. You know, we're talking about uh, over 100 mm-hmm. years of the national squad and Spain were only able to move on to the semi-finals and later win the tournament back in 2010. So I think that uh, we have to try to be as realistic as possible and uh, place realistic aims and targets for this squad. Anything less than quarterfinal would be a failure. In my book, and I believe in in, in most fans' book, um, making it into a top four, into semifinals, would be a big success for the team. Getting to the final would be amazing. And winning the, the second star for Spain would be out of this world. So, said that, once we have already stated what the different goals uh, we can have in our in our route plan. Um, you always have to think into the way Luis Enrique has tried to at least mix things up in order to uh, get the outcome uh, different. Against Switzerland, for example, obviously it was a very disappointing game. The performance wasn't up to par and that's why uh, we lost against them. But against Portugal, even though in the first half you could see that they were more, at least more dominant, more aggressive... Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is always a threat whenever he's on on the pitch. The last 30 minutes, once the subs came in and you had Gabi, Pedri, Nico Williams above, uh, head and shoulders above everyone else, you could see that Spain were going for it. And when you have a squad that that go for it against Portugal, away from home, with the with the home uh, uh, fan base, uh, you know, fighting back with their with their boos and chants and jeering. You know that this team has personality, uh, even though it's a very, very young squad. So you have to take into consideration that Inigo Martinez is out, that Laporte is out. Those two are going to be, in my view, possibly 90% the, the two starting uh, centre-backs for Spain in, in a potential World Cup uh, starting lineup. And without them, you, you know, you had Pau Torres from Villarreal and Hugo Guillamón playing as a centre-back when he has been playing the whole season as a pivote, as a, as a midfielder, defensive midfielder for, for Gattuso in Valencia. 
and they did great. You know, they they, they were able to, you know, get uh, stop Portugal on their tracks, even though Unai Simon had to uh, intervene in a couple of, of big saves, uh, mostly to Cristiano Ronaldo. Also, Jose Luis Gaia was massive in the left side. He, he made an, a, a, an absolute impact, uh, you know, being able to to snatch a, a, an easy finish from from Cristiano in the last few minutes. So overall, even though it ha it has its, its flaws, a big amount of flaws, this team has spirit and it has heart and and they suffer because things never go 100% their way. And that's why I think at least in the next few days the Spanish fan base myself represented in in that in that collective we should try to enjoy the moment because Definitely, we're going to have time in the future to uh, criticize if things go south, okay? And at this point, I think we sh we cannot actually ask more from this group of of lads than what they have been able to achieve in in the last few in the last few months. Yeah, I, I've no doubt that the Spanish press will criticize Luis Enrique if things do go wrong. Definitely. You said sort of about the weaknesses that they have, that the fact that this is a Spain side that is going to suffer whenever they, they have to win. If Spain hadn't scored that goal, what would you have been taking away from this game? What would you have been thinking about as the sort of issues going forward? Possibly that uh, when you have a few injuries in the squad, as we have seen in the, in the back four, and when things don't go according to plan, uh, there's a big difference between the starters and those who come out the bench. Uh, because we had plenty of, of um, subs uh, and different players in the, in the starting lineup against Portugal, if, if you compare it to what we saw against Switzerland. And uh, regardless of that, they were able to hold their ground, suffering against Portugal because they are a good team, obviously, but... You could see that when those bench players came out in the second half, they made a, a world of a difference. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we can more or less imagine whenever Spain have to go like on a full-fledged starting offensive against um, a, a big opponent. Uh, Spain's starting lineup is very strong. But when one or two players are missing, you can sense the weaknesses that other teams might sense. Uh, whenever in a big tournament. So that might be the biggest issue for Luis Enrique. I think that the the squad selection is at this point 90-95% already done. Okay, He had already his mind uh, made up regarding the players which are going to go. For example, in these two games, I believe Nico Williams has earned his spot in the in the selection when whenever November comes around. Um, and others are going to have to fight quite a lot in the next few weeks in order to keep their own status, especially as the injured players come back to the to the selection. So I think it's it's a it's a good um, a good symptom that not everyone has their spot already guaranteed with only one month to to get to those days when we are going to know the the final list by, by Luis Enrique. Yeah, fascinating. You mentioned Nico Williams. It was so just for context as well to fill the listeners in if you didn't catch the game. So Busquets came on sort of um, early second half and that was followed by Gavi, Pedri, Jeremy Pino. Nico Williams also came on and he made quite a difference. He got an assist. It was a lovely ball from Danny Carvajal to Nico Williams at the back post who knocked it back across goal. Alvaro Morati uh, comes flying in, thumps the ball into the net and uh, it was all very exciting as you can tell by my tone of voice. 
you say Nico Williams has earned his spot for you. What is it that he did in these two games that makes you think that Luis Enrique is going to select him? Uh, his impact. You know, the, the way the way he has uh, eased himself into a team which actually doesn't play as a national squad, but does try to play as a regular club in any, in any local competition, in any home competition. That's why Luis Enrique... Uh, we spoke about this a couple of editions ago in, in this La Liga Lodon podcast. Uh, that's why Luis Enrique doesn't take to the to the team players such as Diago Aspas. You know, we already spoke about the playing for uh, an, an individual player instead of the opposite of trying everyone to to add things into the into the collective's playstyle. Um, so that's why Nico Williams. You know, he had the same. The same impact as back in the day, I believe in 2021, Jeremy Pino. That kind mm. of out of the blue young player coming in from the bench and disrupting everything. Uh, because I, I think Portugal really, really suffered on that uh, left flank when, when Nico Williams was on the on the pitch in the last 30 minutes. So in that sense, Luis Enrique knows that he has a, a weapon, an absolute weapon towards uh, the World Cup in the sense that he, he can play him from the start. And try to wear down the 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 defend the defenders on the opposite team, and later take advantage in the second half, or the other way around. You know, try to take advantage of a player, a defense already worn down with Morata fighting all of the all of the center backs, uh, possibly Ferran Torres also playing in the wings, trying to uh, find the the cracks in the in the defense, and that's why Nico Williams can really really make some damage, and, and we already saw a, a, a perfect example against Portugal. I, I like the way you phrase uh, Ferran Torres sort of finding cracks in the defense. I think that's very uh, sort of apt description of. Uh, what he does and what his kind of role is in this Luis Enrique side. But ultimately, he had a, a poor couple of games, these two internationals. Is there anyone, for better or worse, who's either played their way into the squad apart from Nico Williams or anyone who's played their way out of it for you? Well, I believe that we were, most of us were keen on watching uh, how uh, Borja Iglesias was going to fit in the, the, the play style of Spain. I think he did pretty well in the last few minutes of the of the game against Switzerland. He didn't have, unfortunately, the same chance to do so against Portugal. But uh, I think it's going to be hinging on, on the last few games with Betis before the the actual uh, final list that Luis Enrique delivers for the, for the World Cup. Whereas for... Mm. Um, I think he's going to take Morata with him because he has proven that he has 100% all of his faith placed on on Atleti's uh, striker, and also he he responded and he and he answered to that uh, trust with the with the goal that qualified Spain to the to the Nations League final four. So I don't know. There are a few names uh, dancing here and there that might not have their their spot already guaranteed. But regardless of the fact, I do believe that once you understand what Luis Enrique is trying to do, I'm hundred percent positive that he's going to try and take everyone which he believes that is going to become useful at some point in the tournament. Because I think that we should take a, a look and, and a page from the book that Spain wrote back in 2010. And if you remember, there were some games where things didn't uh, go according to the plan, or at least plan A. So that's what uh, Vicente del Bosque tried um, getting into his 
his advantage and, and going straight into plan B or even plan C. Uh, I remember, for example, against Portugal, it was a perfect example with uh, Fernando, Fernando Llorente coming in from the bench. And suddenly Spain stopped playing that, that kind of pass the ball, move the ball around and, and started playing direct football into the box. And, 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 and the massive damage delivered by, by Fernando Llorente was crucial towards Spain finally winning that game, which was also uh, very important towards getting into a final and winning it. So I think that Luis Enrique is trying to, uh, is going to try to mix the, the, the elements to some extent. He's going to try to have many different weapons or at least players with different talents, which might come useful uh, at any single point or at any, at any given point in the in the World Cup because uh, if you think about it, it's not a competition for the first three games. If you aim to win it, you will have to be at least 80% of your potential for the for the full tournament. Luis Enrique, apart from being sort of very hard-nosed and very direct in his manner, he is very idiosyncratic in the way that he selects his teams and it's, it's something that we're perhaps just not used to as a national sort of coach who takes players that are based on profiles rather than uh, rather than sort of necessarily quality or performances at their clubs. Hmm. One very quick final thought, yes or no. Sergio Ramos, does he go to the World Cup? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Even if he did very well uh, in his role at uh, PSG, I, I believe that he's not going to the to the World Cup because I think Luis Enrique has turned a page on, on, on that generation of players in the same way as Gerard Piquet is not longer going, uh, even though his performance last season was worthy of, of, of going in the national squad. Or even the perfect example is Raul Albiol for Villarreal. Uh, whenever he plays alongside Pau Torres, both of them get strongly benefited from, the, from, from, that, uh, from that issue. and. And I think that Luis Enrique is trying another thing. For example, Luis Enrique is not perfect. You know, I have my, my wide range of qualms with him. For example, he's 100% and we say in Spanish, inquebrantable. You know, he unmovable faith with Eric Garcia. I can't see what Luis Enrique sees in Eric Garcia. And he played the other day, for example. But even with his uh, imperfections, um, I think that Sergio Ramos is out of the, out of the equation at this point. Fascinating stuff, as I say. And if you go on to La Liga Lowdown Substack and you and you subscribe, I think that's what you should do first. But there will also be a piece on Eric Garcia coming out by yours truly. So check that out. We're going to take a very swift break and then we're going to come and preview the La Liga match day for the coming week. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Welcome back to part two of the La Liga Lodem podcast. We've just been through the details of Spain's victory over Portugal with Paco Polit, and we're going to move on to the upcoming La Liga weekend because it's going to become thick and fast at us in the coming months ahead of the World Cup. We'll start on Friday night, just go chronologically. We've seen Nico Williams be very impressive for Spain. We've seen Iñaki Williams make his debut for Ghana. Athletic Club face Almeria at home and on paper, this looks like a pretty simple victory for Athletic, given the form that they're in. Can Almeria not only just win, but can they score? Uh, it's going to be tough for, for Almeria because to this point, they have only scored four times this this season against uh, fourth place, the Athletic Club, who have been very strong playing at home. Uh, Nico Williams is going to come from the from his stint with the national team with the Morale, you know, uh, skyrocketing in the next few games, and, and I think that uh, Ernesto Valverde is going to try and take advantage of that boost for his player, uh, also for his brother Iñaki Williams, as you said, already making his uh, debut with his new national team. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough for for Almeria. We've already covered this uh, a few times already this season. Um, three defeats in a row. They're not looking very good. Also, you know, um, rumblings here and there about the the position of their manager. Uh, on paper, easy win for Athletic Club. But remember that Almeria um, have. I, I believe even though they are not having the the easiness to score, they have good strikers and possibly at some point they are going to. To get the goals. Saturday we move on to the battle of the Yellow Submarines, Cardiff play Villarreal, followed by Hitapi Valladolid. Is there anything that you want to pick out in particular from those two games? Uh, in Villarreal's case, for example, that they should make a short work of, of Cadiz, because even though they were able to get that uh, clutch win uh, in the last match day with that Negredo late goal, uh, Villarreal are miles ahead of, of Cadiz, both in football style and quality of the players. So it should be a, a, an easy trip for Villarreal against uh, poor Cadiz, who, by the way, are also, you know, at this point, uh, doubting quite a lot the, the position of their of their manager, of Sergio González. And drama. Drama because even though Getafe were able to bounce back with a couple of wins under Quique Sánchez Flores, I think they are not clear of danger. And, and by the way, Valladolid are... Mm, at this point, uh, in 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 the drop in the drop zone to second division, uh, not looking especially on point this season because we we talked about the signings this summer it wasn't enough for them. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's going to be a very very this was this was this one smells of a, of a draw. I don't know why if we, if we were betting in this one, 
I think that both Getafe and Valladolid have their own uh, set of needs, so so the draw would be the, the most potential outcome. Yeah, I think Pacheta's been a little bit unlucky for me, and if he did have a goal scorer, which Weissman has not been, then it would have helped them greatly. Speaking of teams lacking goal scorers, Sevilla, they host Atleti on Saturday. Following that match, we're very aware of their own issues, mm -hmm. but Atleti... Mario Hermoso and Antoine Griezmann have been playing hero ball in the last couple of games, but they've exhibited a lot of issues as well. Are they going to get right in this game? Do they have the tools to sort of break the Sevilla side? You see, Sevilla are starting this match day seven uh, on the fifteenth spot spot of the of the table, only one point away from the three uh, places which send you to second division, which is. Definitely not the ideal scenario for, for Julian Lopetegui, who has uh, had already his fair share of criticism. Whereas for Atletico, uh, even though they are, you know, in, in a spot where they are eyeing those European uh, places towards trying to climb back to where they should be, at least if you think about their status in the last few seasons, uh, criticism is slowly crawling up once again to... Uh, Cholo Simeone. I think there's always a point in any any given season where Atletico seem to lose at least partially the faith on on Cholo Simeone, and the man is always, uh, you know, very apt at the at the task of of coming back and trying to silence all of the all of the noise and, and making the team once again to to play. So this one is going to be very interesting because the the level of neediness for both teams <laughs> is uh, something unprecedented. At least in the last five, six years, if you if you take into account their rankings, whenever we got to the to the seventh game. And moving on to Saturday night's thriller, it's Barca against Mallorca on the island. Barcelona, jeez, they've they've had some problems yeah. in the international break. Five injuries: Hector Bellerin is missing, Frankie De Jong, Memphis Depay will both be out. Joe Koundé and Ronald Araujo look like they will be out for most of October, in Araujo's case, probably until after the World Cup. Are these injuries going to affect them? I mean, the FIFA virus is well documented. Yeah, you said they're having problems with injuries. I think that's an understatement. You know, they've been uh, <laughs> severely thrashed by the by the FIFA virus, as we as we call it here in the Spanish press. And and yeah, those those absences are going to be missed by by Xavi Hernandez in in a game where. Uh, it's not going to be an easy trip for, for Barca uh, whenever going to, to Mallorca because Mallorca under Aguirre have been very, very strong this season. Actually, I, I don't remember the spot where they are. Mid-table, 10th place, 8 points. But in this case, they have been under-rewarded for their performances. They did great against Real Madrid. They have a few players who are, you know, on a very, very good streak of, of performances. Obviously, Kanjin Lee this season, uh, Murici... I don't know. Uh, they are looking very, very promising, and I think that um, in this, in in another different scenario regarding all past seasons when they were suffering for remaining in La Liga, I think this year they're going to be very comfortable mid-table for most of the of the competition, and and that's why Barca should be, uh, you know, hundred percent alert because if if they lose focus, they could easily lose against Mallorca when when playing uh, away from home. Yeah, and you spoke of Eric Garcia's weaknesses. Berat Mariki will be absolutely delighted yeah. uh, that he's up against Eric Garcia if that is the selection that Xavi goes with. He could go with Gerard Piquet and Andreas Christensen, but it'll be interesting to see how Barca fare 
Now we're kind of on to your specialist subject, Espanol are hosting Valencia. Valencia, three wins, three defeats, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe not so good, as Gattuso would say. Where are you kind of on this side? Like, and this is an Espanol side that are not the finished article. Yeah, Espanol this season, losing Raul de Tomas, uh, Braid White has tried to, you know, patch things up a bit in the last few games, but obviously it's not the same, even though I believe Braid White is a good player. Uh, Raul de Tomas is a much better striker in my book, but uh, speaking about Valencia, obviously, Espanol has been a tricky team for them in, 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 the, in past seasons. For example, I remember last year uh, on a December 31st game where Espanol hadn't won a single game away from home the whole year, and they didn't in their in, in their remaining games. But they did win in Mestalla. So, you know, Espanol always have a way of of uh, tickling Valencia in the in the most you know in the most uh, inconvenient way. Okay, and that's why Valencia, uh, who haven't picked a single point away from home, will need to try to change a bit of their of their mentality. They lost against Athletic Club, they lost against Rayo Vallecano, but at home they have been very strong. So try to apply that kind of home mentality when on the road is going to be crucial for Gattuso's men. Should see Edinson Cavani start again, which will be entertaining. Yeah, once again, because he, remember, he didn't uh, travel with the Uruguay national team. He remained in Valencia. He has had 15 more days to, you know, uh, catch up and, and get in shape. Uh, because you could see, you know, uh, in, in the last game at home uh, at Mestalla, he was starting, he played 60 minutes, but you could see that his speed wasn't uh, up to par with the rest of the game. And I think that is going to be slowly, uh, that deficit is going to be slowly reduced in the next few games. But yeah, Cavani is definitely going to be the starter against Espanyol. And Paco was, was tweeting about it, saying Cavani will be absolutely crucial to this Valencia side. So... The sooner he is in fighting fit form, the better for Los Che. Mm -hmm. Moving on to sort of the rest of Sunday's games, we've got Celta against Betis and we've got Girona against La Real, Real Sociedad. Four teams that like to play good football, four teams that like to get the ball on the deck. Anything in particular you want to sort of point out from this or just an advice just to kind of watch these games? Well, Celta Betis are always enjoyable to watch because you have on one hand Diago Aspas running the show, in his squad, he always is 100% healthy after any national team break because he never never gets called by the by the coach. <laughs> we have already spoken about that quite a lot this season and past seasons. And uh, whereas for Betis, they have quite a few international players. Um, they always suffer after a break. Uh, but for example, Borja Iglesias didn't play that much, so he might be in tip-top shape too to face uh, Celta. This, these are always unpredictable games, so it can come, the outcome can be either way. I think that Betis are the favorites because are, they are, um, you know, feeling very confident this, this season to date. Only lost one game, uh, win, won the rest of the, of the points uh, at, at, um, at play. And, and I think it's, it's going to be a very interesting one. I don't have a favorite because this can, can go either way. Whereas for Girona, uh, I wasn't impressed in the opening game against Valencia, which I actually saw uh, on on the ground. But they have slowly mm, gotten better and better in in the last few games because of the you know the, the play style. Remember that always uh, Girona with their manager always trying to play some football. They are not the super defensive sides that often plague La Liga whenever they uh, promote from second division. So 
I, I hope that Girona are going to try to keep up that risky playstyle because it can give them quite a few benefits, especially against such an unpredictable Real Sociedad, which are at this point one of those teams which I cannot preview because they are capable of the best and of the worst. And I've seen them um, amazed quite quite a bit. Uh, Sorloth, by the way, is already scoring goals after after being a late addition to the to the squad. But uh, you know, Umar Sadiq's absence for the next six months is going to be very hurtful for for the chances, and uh, we've seen it uh, with amazing defeats in, in also in the last few match days. So this one is also a very open game. Uh, unfortunately, so because they do have a lot of injuries up front, La Real. Um, I'm going to save the Sunday night game just for, for the end. But Rayo versus Elche is the final game of the match day on Monday. Uh, just a quick thought on that. Francisco, how much rope does he have at Elche? Because he's in trouble. Yeah, he is in trouble. I, I would say that he's competing against um, Sergio Gonzalez to be the, the first manager to be sacked from their position this this season, unfortunately for both of them, because last season Sergio was able to to ultimately save Cadiz, and I think that Elche, uh, we've spoken about this already. They they didn't make the proper uh, signings in the in the summer transfer market, and they haven't been able to at least show the viewers or the fans or the journalists, which we we see the games. Uh, they haven't been able to show us what they are aiming for this season. I, I think that they are a very indefinite uh, side. They don't they don't attack, they don't defend, they don't favor uh, playing in the midfield. Uh, they are not, uh, I don't know, they are not solid in any of the three main areas of the of the pitch. And and that's why they have been uh, chaining and linking a few, a few defeats already, I believe four in a row which is not the best news for Francisco, and that's why, even though he seemed uh, quite calm this, this week, I remember last Monday there was an, an event over here in, in Valencia with the coaches from um, Elche, Levante, and also Villarreal, with neighbor was there. They were speaking about some football because it was the, the, um, like the opening act of the, of the training of the manager formation season, okay, over here from the, Span from the Valencian Federation. Uh, Francisco seemed very relaxed, and positive about his task and, and his job as a manager. But if he loses one or two more games, I think that that relax, relax might be a bit more permanent uh, because he's out of his job. Yes, uh, just one point for Elche so far. And uh, yeah, it looks shaky ground. Only only two goals scored, 16 against them, which is massive. You know, it's 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 impossible to, to keep this rhythm if, if you... Uh, want to achieve uh, remaining in, in Primera. And last but not least, Real Madrid hosts Osasuna on Sunday night at the Santiago Bernabeu. Just wrapping up very quickly on this, Real Madrid have won every game. Where are their weaknesses, Paco? I would say that uh, I'm always at, uh, or every time at least, every, every, every time that I have the chance of making a preview of a, of a match day, I'm going to try to pick up my, to pick my, you know, Match of the weekend, okay? And this one is definitely the, the match of the weekend this this weekend because, you know, it's a top five uh, encounter between uh, top of the league, Real Madrid, unbeaten, perfect streak of six wins against Osasuna, who 
were one of the, you know, contenders for Equipo Revelación and they are still in the running game. I think that they are uh, aiming for something unprecedented in their, in their history. Remember, Osasuna were able to squeeze into European spots quite a few years ago, but this this season they are sure uh, firm contenders for battling the rest of the uh, often European sides for a for a spot under under the sun and that's why it's going to be a very interesting game Real Madrid with plenty of international players uh, in the break uh, obviously not Benzema um, some of them have returned uh, in perfect in perfect shape and perfect condition no no injuries uh, we'll see throughout the week how Ancelotti is able to get all of them once again to be in the same page and try to forget all of the uh, national team play styles and once again get into Real Madrid mode. And Osasuna uh, have absolutely nothing to lose. And, and I think this is a team which benefits from playing at home, obviously, because uh, El Sadar is, is one of the uh, fortresses in the, in the competition. But they are not afraid of trying to make an impact in big scenarios like uh, Bernabeu or Camp Nou or Wanda Metropolitano. I think they have that kind of personality this this season under Jago Barrasate. They are unafraid of of trying to make a point. And and that's why I'm I'm very hyped for, for this game. This is my, my pick of this weekend. If you only have the chance of watching one single game, go for this Real Madrid against Osasuna. Terrific stuff, Paco. Um, I think, well, we will wrap it up there because we've run out of games, sadly, but... It's been an absolute pleasure listening to you uh, masticate football in Spain this week and Luis Enrique's selections, of course. Many thanks, Paco. Cheers, guys. Make sure you follow us on at La Liga Lowdown on Twitter, where we'll be covering all of the content this week and beyond. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.